Come on, keep the hand claps going for all our Vive middle schoolers. And we've got a couple of guests here. Would you give it up for Giuseppe Gio and Mike Courtney? Come on, give the claps going for our own. We started a series of lessons last week on generosity. And, and if you're here with us, we interviewed a couple of people that have uh, been in our church, uh, Steve and Chrissy Winnick. And uh, uh, how many of you are here last week? Come on, how many give, give it up? Come on, what's a good week, huh? Did you get some stuff? Okay, golf hand clap. That's okay, golf hand clap. Uh, but uh, uh, we, we just want to kind of, again, as we talk about generosity, uh, for a lot of people, it's, it's kind of new. It's like, you know, man, like, like what? And, and, and I, I'm going to heaven or I want to go to heaven. And, and now, you know, God's wanting me to kind of do something. And he's going to give me the ability to do something with, with the resources that I have. Or are they my resources or... Are they gods or who owns it? And man, not about you, but I've had a lot of questions with money. Anybody like that beside me? Just, just like, like what, what, like, what does it mean? And what do you want? And and, and what are you asking? And and so, uh, really, one of the core values of our church is just generosity. So, so if you hang around here long enough, you're going to run into a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of people that get it and have just tapped into living a generous life. And again, just so you don't get the wrong impression, generosity isn't for just the rich because whatever that means to you, because we found out several months ago when we talked just a couple weeks about, about the thought of the rich is that everybody in America, compared to the world, you're rich. You're rich. Um, we live in a very wealthy country. Regardless of what you're experiencing right now, compared to the world, you are in the top 2% of the wealthiest in the world. If you make 34 to 36,000 a year, which is gonna be pretty tough to live on here. But concerning in the world, you're in the top 2%. So when it comes to reading the Bible, you have to read it with a world view lens. And when we read things and we start looking at the scripture and we start looking at what God thinks, what we have begun to find out, and hopefully you're finding out, is that you're not an owner of anything but you're a manager of everything. So God never arm twists you to make you do anything. But can I tell you what he will do? As a good, good father, he will nudge you. He will touch your heart. And he will open up your eyes to the word of God so you begin to see what he sees and think like he thinks so you, as a child of God, can begin living in a way and experiencing things that maybe you haven't up until now. Uh, I, I've been fortunate enough, you know my testimony a little bit if you've been around here any, any length of time, that I was raised in a Christian home. That when it came to generosity and giving, in fact my mom or my dad told me, Gary, if it was up to your mom, she would give it all away. Amen. That's, that's what he's told about, you know, my mom was in charge of quote unquote the books of the family. My dad, my mom stayed at home all the time and she was, she went to school in University of Connecticut as a nurse, met my father and they got married and started popping out kids. Come on. So she never nursed a day in her life. You know, I mean, you know, not, not any, any, that didn't come out right, but you get it. You get it. <laughs> and so my dad, you know, it was a little different back then. A lot of times you could live a lot of, a lot of times now we can't live on just one income. Uh, some, some can, uh, but um, uh, my mom was just home and raising the three boys, me, me, and, me and my two brothers. 
And so my dad let her be in charge of the money. They would talk about it. And so my mom, I remember I'd see my mom sitting at the, had a, had a desk, and kind of cool roll down desk, you know, rolled up, and she'd had all the bills back then. This is before computers. And I'd see my mom, and they're writing checks. And I'd say, Mom, what are you doing? She said, well, well we, don't, we don't only tithe to the church, give a top 10% of our income, but we support several missionaries and ministries that we want to support. And so there my mom was, and I remember as a little guy just watching my mom write out several checks, I don't know, eight or ten checks every month, and they would send them to missionaries, and they'd send them to Christian organizations that they wanted to support and make a difference. And um, I started learning and understanding the power of generosity as I saw God do stuff in my mom and dad's life. And my dad would tell me stories about how God showed up and God opened up opportunity for business outside of the, he worked for 37 years for the same company, Kodak, Eastman Kodak. But how God opened up other opportunities for investments and just prospered him when he had a quote unquote fixed income. But can I tell you something? If you're ever with God, your income's never fixed. I don't care if it's $11 an hour or $11,000 an hour, it's never fixed. If you'll learn the secret of generosity. So, so man, I've just got some friends up here again. Mike, Mike Courtney. Mike's been with us in the church, gosh, for probably 16 years or something like that. Mike's a business owner, owns a, a budget muffler and brake up on El Cajon Boulevard. Hashtag if you need your car fixed up. There you go. And uh, Giuseppe Gio uh, actually is Giuseppe's his son-in-law, which is kind of cool. Giuseppe married Ashley how many years ago now? Six years ago. Six, six, years, years, ago. Ago, yeah. six years ago. And so all good things happen at church. Come on. You might, not, you might be sitting next to your future husband or wife. Come on. Look down the aisle. Kind of, woo, hey, you know. Uh, and so Giuseppe is a business owner, owns a whole cleaning. Uh, yeah. Royal Cleaning Service. Uh, what? Royal Cleaning Service. Royal Cleaning Service. You clean windows. Window you clean cleaning, pressure washing. Pressure washing, all that. And so yep. Giuseppe, kind of Giuseppe's story is that we were doing a vacation Bible school years ago. And Giuseppe, you know, we're, we're in the middle of summertime trying to put stuff together. And Giuseppe just kind of rolled up like a tumbleweed or like a coyote and said, man, here I am. Can I help? And we're kind of going, who is this guy? Is he the Holy Spirit? I mean, he just showed up and like, like we didn't know this guy. And he said, I want to help. And he just came in and started working and getting involved. And he just did every, all kind of stuff in the church. And, and God opened up a door with, uh, yeah, come up, a good place to clap, yeah. And then God brought, you know, he and Ashley together. They wound up getting married. They've got a, a daughter and have another child coming here pretty soon and, and open up the opportunity for business. And so, I mean, I just think that when you start taking steps towards God and being open-handed and open-hearted, God's going to do stuff for you maybe in 2020 that you can't even imagine right now. So I've just got these guys up. When I, you know, Mike, just talk, talk about... Um, uh, you know, here you are, you know, as a businessman, but, you know, I, I don't, how did you start being generous? Was there a progress? Was there, what was the process like? Well, for me, it was, you know, uh, I was born again when I was like nine years old, been in a Christian house my whole life, so that was kind of normal. But, uh, you know, when I got married, had little kids, you know, when, when I went to church, it was really just a good time to get a nap. You know, <laughs> I, I wasn't really into what was going on. And so, you know, eventually I just kind of said, Lord, you know, I know there's a lot more than this. You know, if I'm going to serve you, I want what the word says to be true. So if I speak the word, I want to see it happen. Yeah. And so, you know, God told me, you know, he said, you know, my word is true. My word works every time, but you have a part to play. Mm. If you play your part, I'll do my part. Mm. So to me, that meant, you know, meant that I had to 
to seek out the word, find out what the word said about finances, find out what the word said about everything in my life. And then I'm a real application guy. So I like to, how's that going to apply to me? And so, you know, Grace and I, you know, at that time, my mom listened to Kenneth Copeland all the time. And he always talked about being debt free and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So Grace and I made it, a, made it a, a goal to be debt free. So in the next, you know, 15, 20 years, you know, we didn't do vacations. We didn't do out to eat. We didn't, you know, we drove an old car. We, you know, all that stuff's awesome because it provided us an avenue with the help of God mm. and blessing what we had mm. to become debt free. Mm. And the, you know, what, what that does for us and, you know, just us thinking about that, it prepares us and puts us in a position that we can be generous. Mm. And, you know, one of the first things we did, you know, before we started getting debt free was, tithing you know we said God said if I if we tithe that he will give it back to us pressed down shaken up and and running over yeah well I wanted that you know but to get that I had to do my part so we started doing that and then in the process you know we just kind of learned to be generous learn to be givers because you know so many times you know we we say oh wait you know I don't do that to get back from God but you know God says in the word that if we are givers he's going to give it back to us so therefore you know, I expect it back. Yeah. And so when we started being givers and stuff, you know, we would name it. We'd say, hey, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm giving and I'm giving it for this. And, you know, we're, we're just doing different things. But we planned for it. Yeah. You know, that, that's a big part for us is, is we set aside money. We set aside things and, you know, make it a purpose right to be a giver. Giuseppe, yeah. now you weren't raised in a Christian home. You're, you were raised Catholic and... And Catholic. did you did you guys? How, how was the, the tithing? How was uh, how did that all come about? I never heard about tithing in, in, in the Catholic Church, so you know it's one of those things where uh, going through CCD and catechism and all that. Like I didn't I didn't know, you know, like the little offering bucket went by and you kind of just threw some change in there, you know, like empty out. Come your on, pocket. give it up for change. Yeah. Come on, everybody, somebody change. Empty out your pocket. Come on, change, somebody. You know, so. Come on, anybody but, um, anybody. The offering bucket went by and you kind of said, I'm gonna make some change right now. Kind of making some change. <laughs> So I didn't know, like, I wasn't raised, I wasn't raised okay. in that, okay. that uh, train of thought, I guess. Yeah. So, but um, I started to uh, train myself, I guess, or God started training me yeah. to think differently. Um, when I got born again, it was, it was more about, like, following what the Spirit was leading me to do, following the Spirit um, in every avenue of my life, you know, submitting myself to him, submitting myself to God and saying, God, this is yours. You gave it to me. What do you want to do with it? And as I started to read and started to hook up with, with the heart of God, really the heart of God is generosity, right? right. God gave his one and only son um, so that we can be saved. So, you know, hooking up with that, like train of thought, that generous thought, like, God, you gave everything. And you're just asking 10% for me, right? So I want to be able to give that tithe. I want to be able to give, you know, offerings and over, over above um, what, what he's asked me to give. So, um, and as you do that, you know, God's going to open up supernatural avenues for yeah. you to prosper. So, so, so b- both these guys, whether you're already here, both these guys already tithe. So they're already giving God the top 10% of their income, which might be a huge stretch. You might have heard that before, uh, but that is possible and you can do it. You, if it's in the Word, you can do it. it. It is a matter of faith. It is a matter of faith. So I'm, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to have to plan, like Michael, Mike said. I'm going to have to organize my life around. I'm going to have to maybe, maybe make some things uh, 
that seemed to be a priority right now. I'm, I'm going to have to clean up my debt. I'm going to pay off some credit cards and not live in that way. And, and I'm going to start working it, getting a budget, start working it. Uh, so, so the question then maybe I would have to both of you, because if you tithe and you both have talked about it, giving even beyond that, how, how do you know what to give and how do you know what to keep? What would you say? You know, even beyond that. Like, like, like we're coming into, like, you, we, we've talked about year-end giving, right? Sure. How, how do you know what to give? How do you know what to keep? Yeah, I mean, for us, it, it was, like, part of it's planned. You know, uh, every year for many, many, many years now. You know, at the, at, in November, I contact the church. You know, how much has my giving been this year? Where am I at right now? You know, so not only do I want to give my 10%, you know, I want to beat my last year's giving every time. Mm. And I want to beat it because wow. I'm the one who sets my salary. In other words, if, if I'm a giver, if I'm giving above and beyond, I'm going to receive above and beyond. Wow. You know, one, wow. one time we, we made less that year and we were going to give less. And, you know, I just kind of felt God saying, hey, no problem. You can give less as long as you're okay making less. Wow. You know, so we, you know, we don't want to wow. do that. We want to have Come to on, somebody, that. clap right there. You know? Wow. How many of you know that's a father talking to you? So, we, you know, we want to have the mindset of, you know, God's there to bless us. God's there to do exactly what he said he wants to do. So, you know, we set aside some giving. We set aside so we're going to beat our tithes every year. You know, and then we just want to be generous every time we can. Yeah. Wow. Giuseppe, you got anything to say about that? Like, how, how do you decide what to give? How do you, I mean, you, you're in business too. You don't have, I mean, every month it's not $10,000 coming into the, you, I mean, you're not making maybe 10000 a month. I'm not talking for you. Yeah, if yeah, you make yeah. it, praise the Lord. But, 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 <laughs> but, but it's just like for the business, this amount of money comes in, you're drawn. Sure. How, how do you know what to give? How do you know where to stretch? How do you know where to pull back? Sure. Like when you're, when you're on a set income, you know, on a salary or something or hourly, even you have a, a pretty good idea of what you're making because right. the pay stub tells you, right. but as you're owning a business, it's different because your, your, your income fluctuates. So obviously giving the, the top 10% is, is priority and, you know, striving to do that, you know, every single month. Um, you know, and if you miss it, like God forgives you, God loves you. Like right. there's forgiveness. Not going to hell. There's grace. There's, there's Come on, grace, not going to hell. You know, like you don't have Stop to Stop right there real quick. Listen to me. Giving has nothing to do with your eternal destiny. Amen. But listen to me. I believe with all my heart, if you want to see God show up in your life right here in this life to help you with all the stuff that you need, shoes, clothes, house, food, you're going to have you're going to have to you have to tap into this. You, you got to tap into it. Amen. Still going to heaven, but can I tell you something? There's there's people. Don't don't please don't get offended by this. There's people going to heaven that are rich, and there's people going to heaven that are broke. There's no difference. I mean, they're going to go to heaven. But I want to see God work in my life here, Amen. where I can read stuff from the book of Genesis all the way to the end, and I can see how God can take what I've got and me release what he's given me. And he does stuff that's called favor. He does stuff called all grace abounds. He does stuff where windows open. He does stuff where people, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Men give to you through raises and bonuses and unforeseen things. I want to see that. I want to see eyes open. I want to see cancer leave. I want to see things happen in your life 
supernaturally in this kind of way too. So it's all it's all part. Don't don't just don't don't take that out of the equation. Let that be part. What would happen? What would happen if God prospered you so much and you could send a missionary to a foreign country and you every month supported them, you yourself? Is that possible? I know people doing it. You can't tell me it's not possible. I know people doing it. Let's be those people. But I'm single. Who cares? Start. Well, I'm married. Who cares? Start. Well, I'm divorced. Who cares? Start. Well, I'm on a fixed income. I'm retired. Who cares? Start. Let's see what God does. Let's see what he does. Come on, just one, one more thought maybe here. What would you tell somebody? So, you know, here we are in the church. We've got all kind of people, different, you know, I've been a Christian. Mike, you've been a Christian for years like me. Uh, what would you tell somebody that's like, this is a new, this is a new thought. I'm not there. You're out here. Come on, and maybe you're a guest today. We're so glad you're here with us. Really, just lean in and listen. We don't want anything from you today. We're going to take an offering at the end. If you don't want to put anything in there, please don't put anything in there. This is really just kind of like for people in the house, but you're getting a part of listen about generosity, but what would you tell somebody that's kind of new or, or maybe struggling? Like, what, what, man, what do I, how do I get over that? What would you just say? What would you say? What would your counsel be? Yeah, I'm, you know, for me, it's, you know, I've got the privilege of, of leading a Friday night Bible study. And on the Friday night Bible study, we talk a lot about, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at in life as far as your Christian walk, but just keep progressing. Right. Make sure you're good. ahead of yesterday. Good. And then, you know, it's a good thing for us to to lean on scriptures yeah you know you, we need to have some scriptures that are our go-to scriptures you know one of, one of the things i like in proverbs it says as a man thinks so is he mm. you know all my adult life you know I, I have always spoke i have a joseph spirit everything i mm. touch prospers wow and it's it's not because of me everything i touch prospers because of god god in you wow you know? wow Wow. My, my other favorite Come one on, is, that'd be a good place to clap right there. I got a Joseph spirit up in here. Yeah, yeah. And my other scripture I go to all the time is, if God be for me, who could be against wow. me? Wow, wow. You, know, you know, so many times we think it's the devil who's against us. But you know, the devil's under my feet. Yeah. So the devil really isn't the one who's against us. You know who the one who tries to come <laughs> against us? It's us. It's us. So, you Fighting know, against if ourselves. we can just get out of our own way, good work. you know, I'm a common sense guy, but I, I try to put my common sense aside sometimes when it comes to the word and just say, I'm going to stand on what the word good, says. Good, No matter good, what. Good, good. Giuseppe, what would you say in closing? What would you tell somebody? I would, I would say, you know, as you hook up with the heart of God, like as you get into the word, you start realizing that God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart, right? Great. He wants, he wants your heart, you know, and that's, that's what he, that's what he really cares about. And our hearts are tied to the money, right? Right. So, you know, as we give, we start to break that hold right. on our lives, right? So, right. Yeah. Come on, one more time. Give it up for Mike and Giuseppe, everybody. What a great, 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 great word. Hey, come on, you can keep clapping. Awesome. Thanks, guys. They're going to take these chairs out of here. We're going to get a podium up here. Thanks, guys. 
We're in a series of, uh, again, lessons of generosity. We talked last week. Today will be our second installment this week. And uh, we're going to look at a story that maybe, if you've been to church any length of time, I've been hearing this story. Gosh, I'm almost 60. I've been hearing this story my entire life. It's the story in Luke chapter 10 of the Good Samaritan. Uh, you know, uh, the, all my life I heard the story about the Good Samaritan. And as a kid and you know, in, in Sunday school or children's ministry, the this, this story was always, Gary, you need to be a good neighbor, right? Come on, you need to be happy, you need to be friendly with people in need and, and be a good neighbor, which I, I totally, fully, fully believe. And, and really the, the heart of the story is that. But really we want to just tone in and tune in, I, I guess I should say, uh, to this thought of generosity and look at the Good Samaritan and what he did concerning generosity and there's gonna be some keys that you're gonna be able to pick up on I think it's really gonna help you in your Christian walk and maybe just uh, water the seed like the scripture says or maybe for some of you we're planting the seed of the Word of God in your heart or you're gonna be able again be able to see God in the middle of this story and be able to see your your own life as well so look with me to Genesis or excuse me Luke chapter Luke chapter 10 we won't go all the way back to Genesis Luke chapter 10 verse 30 read this story with me it says, And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Come on, they, they, they whooped this brother up, they beat him up, they took all his stuff, and off they went. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and he looked at him, he saw that man, and he passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, verse 33 says, as he journeyed and he came where that man was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, and he poured in oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, and he brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper, and said to the innkeeper, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Verse 36, Jesus stops and he asks the question, So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, the man that was listening to Jesus said, said the one who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go, go and do likewise. Again, the story is a whole lot more, not only you know, symbolically of, of how Jesus was, was beaten and Jesus was left for dead, if you will, and also died for us, uh, the story's got a lot of similitude between his own life, but this man was actually not beaten dead, and Jesus actually suffered for us and died in our place. But we can see some things that, that e even in our own lives that maybe we have looked at other people and positioned ourselves to be like the Levite or like the priest and would see a need and pass by the other side. If you know a little bit about the story, the Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. If you've ever read, like in the, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and, and it would say something like this, they, they were going to go into Samaria, but they passed around the other way, was because a Jew would never go through Samaria because they were at such odds with this people group. Uh, there's a lot of things we could talk about there with uh, uh, ethnic divides and cultural racism and all kinds of things. And, and we know from the story that we see that Jesus was telling the story not just to break down racism and ethnic divides, but really look at the heart of who God is and who he is now to us because of the generosity of this guy called the Good Samaritan. 
So let's look at a couple things today. Again, the testimony, I really wanted you to hear uh, really from practical, some guys and, that are with us right here in the church, and you're picking up some great insights, but spiritually, uh, uh, scripturally, let's look at a couple of points from this story I think that we can extract from it. Number one is that generosity begins in the heart. Giuseppe said that a moment ago. Generosity actually begins in your heart. It doesn't begin in your wallet. It doesn't begin in your wallet. The Good Samaritan, the scripture says, saw him and had compassion on him. I guarantee you, in your life, just like it's in my life, there are situations right now when you walk by and you see something or you hear something or you see a need. And somehow, someway, in the very center of your life, you're touched like, I should do something. I can do something. I will do something. And so many times it's like we, we kind of have this conflict like I, I, I need to or I want to. And then, and then there's a struggle with actually getting on with it many times and, and doing it. Compassion actually means this, to feel pain in the innermost part of your life. It, it, it's talking about from the Old Testament, they would use the words, the, the, the bowels in the very center of your life where you just feel like I need to do something. The natural word would be in your gut. And the spiritual word, we, we would say, in your spirit, in your heart, not your pumping heart, but your heart in the innermost center being of your life where God dwells. There's, there's compassion that it begins in my heart. I need to do something. I, I, I should help. So what we like to say is that generosity is first a heart thing. It's not a giving thing. It's a heart thing. It's that if my heart is directed toward God, my heart will be directed towards God's people. My heart will be directed towards God's cause. My heart will be directed towards God's church. It's a heart thing, not a, not, not a giving thing. I like to say it this way. We've said it many, many times before, but if, if God has first place in our hearts, God will have first place in our possessions. If he's got first place, if he's, if he's somewhere else down the list, if it's, if it's this is mine and this is my money and th this is my time and this is my resources and, and I, I'll do a little bit of something here if there's anything left over and it's, and it's I, I need this and I want this and I have to have this and, this and then if there's anything left over, shuffle down through all that. If there's any crumb left, I'll give that to God. He won't have first place in your life. God demands first place in your heart. He demands it. He just demands it. And so if you're a young person in the room, let me encourage you. No matter how you've been raised, I'm encouraging you. When you start working, if you're a young person and you get a job, start honoring God with your tithe, with the top 10% of your income. And what you're going to do is you're going to set yourself up to see God work in your life for the rest of your life. And, and if you're if you're if you're kind of if, if you're in the new to this and you're struggling, kind of going, my God, I'm I'm barely making it on my own right now. There's going to have to be a learning curve, as Mike said. Will you believe the word of God and you step out and you trust and you just say, can I say it this way? Come hella high water, I'm going to trust you, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Come on, anybody, help me, Jesus. And He's going to be there, but but He wants first place in, in your heart. And just remove possessions and remove me. And just, Lord, I'm going to honor you. This brother, this brother had compassion. Secondly, I see is that compassion always moves you. It'll always move you. We talked about this last week, that the donkey was just simply a vehicle that moved Jesus from where he was to going into, into Jerusalem. Is that 
generosity moves you. I like to say it this way, is that generosity is never static. Meaning static means no movement and you're just, you're, you're, you're just stationary. There's no change. So uh, generosity is never static. Gen generosity, uh, a generous person is just never stuck. I I've never seen a generous person that God didn't keep moving them and get them out of like, seemed like a holding pattern. Wouldn't be in a holding pattern very long because listen to me, whenever you plant seed, seed guarantees a harvest. So the scripture actually says this. Maybe we'll read it next week. Listen to this. In the book of Corinthians, God says this. Paul said, that, Paul said this to the Corinthians. He got it from God. He said, God will give you seed to sow and bread to eat. Not one or the other. Seed to sow and bread to eat. So the question always has to be with a generous person, is they're always thinking, is this seed to sow? Or is this bread to eat? I can't eat all of it. I've got to keep planting it because seed guarantees a harvest. Bread guarantees you're full for today. Seed says I can be full tomorrow if I release it. Can you say amen, everybody? So generosity is going to be an act of your will. It's an act of my will. And generosity, let's talk plain, is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. But when you look at situations, you got, you, we have to grow to the place that I say, I, 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 I can do something. I, I can help. I, I can give. I, I'm, not, I'm not stuck. I, I, can keep, I, I can keep being moved. My heart can't keep moving me. So, so we've talked about and sent you some information about our big year-end offering coming up on December 15th. So it's, it's like I'm, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask God what he wants me to do that I can be a blessing to this men's and women's home down in TJ. And I can, I can ensure that when we start renovating some stuff downstairs with our kids that, that there's going to be a next generation of kids that are going to have uh, different things downstairs and, and new and and new families that are not even here yet are going to be able to come and walk in our facility and enjoy the giving that we've done. And we're going to pay it forward. And, and we're going to see God work. And people are going to be saved and delivered. And marriages are going to be restored. Come on, everybody. Lives are going to be healed. People are going to be delivered because of our generosity. You're in my generosity. You know, someone said this. I think it was Winston Churchill. He said, we make, a, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So are you making a living? Or are you making a life? We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Uh, after the, the Samaritan saw him and had, had compassion on him, and he went to him and moved him from where he was to get off on that side of the road and go to that guy, he did about five or six things. Just talk about it real quickly. Number one, what we find out is it said this, he bandaged his wounds. He bandaged his wounds. Now, 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 now when you read the Bible, you got to read the Bible with 20, with, with 2,000 year old eyes. Meaning, this was written about a couple thousand years ago. There's no Walgreens, guys. There's no CVS. There's no Super Walmart. There's no grocery stores. Where did the guy get band-aids? Where did he get bandages? Nobody's going down the road and you just happen to have bandages with you all the time. Can I tell you what happened? Uh, the, the brother started shredding his clothes. The old Logians say this is exactly how the brother bandaged the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan 
bandits, the Jewish guy, I should say, started tearing up his clothes, tying them, getting the blood off, stopping the bleeding. His clothes became, his clothes became band-aids. And clothing that day, you, you know, they, they, it wasn't mass produced. It was, clothing was individually woven and measured. We, we can pick up from the story when you read it. Evidently, the Good Samaritan had some resources. We'll, we'll talk about that. And he was going to be generous. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of people on the side of the road. Not once, sad to say, did I ever take off my shirt. I have given a pair of shoes once. This guy's got something else going on inside of him. And even though my clothing was tailor-made and expensive because you can't go on the rack and buy stuff, my heart was moved. And I'm going to help this guy, he says. I really believe this, is that generosity can bring healing and restoration and salvation. It can bring deliverance. It can bring all kinds of kingdom help to heal the wounds and the sin and just the scars of life. I really believe this. There's something about giving that breaks down walls. It breaks down white and black and brown and yellow. It breaks down walls. I've seen giving and generosity break down and really heal hearts of emotional scars that people have had about church, about God. I didn't know anybody cared. And just through generosity, your generosity. See God do something amazing. Second thing he did is he poured in oil and wine. Oil and wine all over the scriptures over and over are symbolic of the type of the Holy Spirit. And so there he is, and a lot of you know, a lot of a lot of theologians again reading this believe that it was, you know, the antiseptic that you know it was it was gonna help him medicinally. But again, we know spiritually speaking that oil and wine are type of the Holy Spirit. So, so listen, just think with me is that through your and my generosity is that, is that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to truly have His way in people that, that didn't have His way otherwise. In, in other words, I, I just think that we, we, we have a disconnect sometimes that, well, God can do whatever God wants to do. Well, if that's true, how come everybody's not saved? God can do whatever He wants to do. Well, how come, how come we got still people killing people? Crazy stuff. God can do whatever He wants to do. Got so much homelessness problems and situations. The only way God's going to do what God wants to do is if somebody's heart is touched, the what touches God's heart. And so when it comes to generosity, it comes to our church, is that we, 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 we want you to lean in and we want you to live an open life and, and be generous and allow God to, to constantly touch your and my heart. Because listen, the bottom line is that the Holy Spirit helps people through you. That's how the Holy Spirit helps people, is He helps people through you. He doesn't do anything just by Himself. He doesn't do anything randomly. He's going to use somebody. He's looking for somebody on the earth to move through and to work through and to work with. And He's asking you to be that person. Like, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through, but I know God knows. And so, 
What we know around here from the Word of God is that God says He likes one kind of giver. In fact, not even likes. It says this, God loves a cheerful giver. And the Scripture says, Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, says, don't give. We're not arm twisting you. We're not, we're not, we're not, God's not making you do nothing. But you know what I found? I found that even though God's not touched my heart in a certain thing, I'm going to touch my own heart. I'm going to get something done. I'm going to do this. I just make a decision. I'm going to do this. I make a decision. I got your car payment this month, single mom. Hey, take the kids to Target. Bring me the bill. I got you for your back to school clothes. You can do all kind of crazy stuff. Generous person is looking for ways to be generous. So that the Holy Spirit can open up a heart. The good Samaritan did something after this. He actually it says the Samaritan set him on his own animal. He set him on his own animal. Uh, again, I just think this, we were talking about it last week, is that generosity moves people from one place to another another place. And, and maybe it's not a change of location, not like, you know, from, from here to Spring Valley, your generosity, but your generosity actually moves and changes people. We could say it this way, from, from, from doubt to faith. Is that again, man, I didn't know God, you mean God saw and God cares and God's concerned and, and God knows? Yeah, yeah, you're on God's mind. You're on God's mind. We see this with this man. He brought him, I see this, he brought him to an inn. Somehow, some way, this, this good Samaritan got him up, put him on that animal, and he, and he brought him to the inn, the scripture says. And again, just, just think with me here. I don't know about you, but whenever, whenever I go on vacation, whenever I go to the hotel, you go to the all-inclusive, you go to the four-star, you go to the two-star, I don't care if you go to the one-star, Motel 6, come on somebody, you're going there, and when you go in there, what you want to do, if you've been on the road for a minute, you've been driving, what you want is you want peace and you want rest. He brought him to an end. I look at generosity, and generosity is just allowing somebody to rest. When I give, it's like, Man, I can be at peace. I, I know, I know we got food on the table for, you know, thanks to your generosity to about 15, 16 families over here at Rosebank. And by the way, you all gave so much money. We had over $2,000, or something like that came in. We've got a whole reserve for next year. Come on, everybody. That'd be a good place to clap. Come on, everybody. So, so, so listen, you're, 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 you're looking at some generous people around here. Older, younger, single, married, generous people all around. And God's asking you to keep moving the needle, keep moving forward. He, he, he put them in the end so he could have rest, he could have peace. I, I actually got a chance to talk to a, a couple of people, one person in particular that, that received your love, your Thanksgiving meal. She almost broke down crying. She said, you know, just kind of going through after the first service, just going through a tough time. She said, we're here to help. We're just here to help. So listen to me. Your generosity moved the needle of God in her life where at least this Thursday, her and her family are going to be fed and she's going to get a chance to rest and be at peace. Come on, everybody. Amen.
Uh, the Samaritan did something amazing. He just keeps saying this. He, he took care of him personally. He took care of him personally is what it says. He took care of him. He, he, actually, he actually spent the night with this guy. And, and the oil, the wine, he's making sure he's okay. He's got the bandages. He's probably up in the night checking on him. Uh, uh, generosity, can I tell you something? Generosity at times might seem expensive and inconvenient. It's just inconvenient. Many times. I was, um, uh, this past uh, couple days ago, I don't know if it was Monday, Tuesday or something like that, I was taking a bike ride, I'd do that for exercise and just fun, and, and I was by myself and left some guys, I rode with a bunch of guys, and then I, I was coming on my, you know, down by Main Street, and, and I, I was a good pace, and so, you know, me, I'm in my zone, I'm, I'm trying to keep the heart rate, and I'm, it's the watts, I'm trying to push, and, and it's the pace, and I'm trying to, you know, you know beat the target. And there's a guy beside the road, and, and there he is under a tree, and it's it's hot, and it's almost lunchtime, and and and, and I, I see him, and then when I saw him, I, I kind of I kept going, but then I felt that thing. I felt that thing. And so I always carry a little bit of food with me, just you know, keep my nutrition going and keep me up so I don't pass out when I'm riding, you know. And and uh, so I had a bar in my back. I had one of those fig bars from Costco, and so that's my kind of go-to snack. And so I knew I had it there and I was going by and I hadn't eaten anything all day. I hadn't eaten anything all day. So I went by him and I felt that thing. And then all, then all of a sudden, you know, you haven't eaten anything all day. You know, you know how those things, thoughts go a thousand miles an hour in your head? If you don't eat, you're going you're gonna to pass out, you're going to die, and then Kimberly's going to be single for the rest of her life. No, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Those thoughts come real quick, don't they, huh? And so I went down, and then, then I saw him, and then, then I felt that, and I know those thousand thoughts, and so, and then did a little U-turn, came back, and the brother was under the tree, and he was struggling. He had, don't know how to say it, just jacked up sandals, and his feet were all messed up, and he had some kind of ooze, and he had some kind of cream, and he was just kind of messed up. I said, hey, brother, you know, you got anything to eat? No, not really. So I threw him a fig bar and he said, Jesus loves you. God bless you, man. You know, I don't know if I moved the needle in his life or not. But I want to think that everywhere I go, that I've got something for any and everybody. Uh, generosity just never stops. If you ever think you're going to arrive, it, it, you're, just, you're just never going to arrive. The story actually says this, that the Good Samaritan went down and talked to the innkeeper. The next day, the, the brother's still in the room, and he talked to the innkeeper, and he says, hey, uh, uh, here's two denarii. And he says, um, uh, take care of him, and whatever more you need, you, whatever more you spend, when I come again, uh, I'll, I'll repay you. Just take care of him. Here's a little bit of money, but if there's more, I'm good for it. I'm good for it. Experts are really kind of divided at what the exact level of generosity the Good Samaritan did in this instance. We really don't know exactly what those two denarii were worth. Uh, there, there's a range, is what most theologians believe, is that some think it amounted to two weeks care for him, and others say it was up to two months care. So here's Jesus, and I love Jesus because Jesus is going to freak you out. Jesus is going to mess you up. He's going to mess your thinking up. And so here's Jesus, and he drops this story in us, and he says this guy who reached out to a guy that they're culturally totally different and we don't talk and we don't communicate the Samaritans and the Jews and we're all messed up with one another and I'm not only going to give and I'm going to spend the night and I'm not going to take rip up my clothes and bandage you I'm not pouring the oil and the wine that I got but I'm going to also 
give way more. What do you make a week? Are you willing to give up two weeks salary to somebody you don't even know? Or that's the low end. What do you make every month? Are you willing to double that and give it to somebody who you've never met? I think Jesus is just trying to come into your and my world, rocking us, saying the lifestyle of the generous really is expansive. And it just never stops. And so wherever you're at with, you know, tithing and then, you know, I can give offerings. I'm, I, I can do some, something crazy. I want to do something crazy with giving. And stretch and be a blessing and see what God does in, in my life. The, the Good Samaritan, we could really say it this way. He just had extra. He really, he had extra. He, we, we know he wasn't living hand to mouth. He had extra. He left the money with the innkeeper. He said, I'm good for it if I come back. Somebody said this to me last week, really, and said this word that he's a businessman. And he, he said somebody told him this. If you're a businessman, if you're a Christian, if you're a church, if you're a person, a husband and wife, or a single person, it applies the same. Here it is. If you have no margin, you have no mission. If there's no margin in your life, if everything just comes to you, or if you don't have enough, the mission won't be accomplished. And the mission that God has for you is to Him to be a blessing in your life, to you to live a place of more than enough, of your needs being met, and enough left over to be a blessing to everything that God touches your heart with. Uh, there's two bodies of water in the nation of Israel. One's called the Sea of Galilee, and the other's called the Dead Sea. They both are fed from the Jordan River. The Sea of Galilee receives the water from the Jordan River, and then it dispenses it to other tributaries in the nation. Some of it actually feeds back into the Sea of Galilee. It's full of life, it's full of fish, it's vibrant, it's alive. I actually went across it five or six years ago when I was in, in Israel. But the Dead Sea is there too. It receives the water from the Jordan, but there is no outlet. Everything it has, it consumes for itself. And it's dead. And it's lifeless. Nothing survives there in the water. I think it's interesting, in that nation, there are two, two bodies of water. Symbolic of life with God, life apart from God. And the generous heart that receives and says, part of what I receive from God, my salary, my income, I'm going to pass on, I'm going to be generous. But the other challenge would be, I receive from God and He's given me the ability with my income and I'm going to take it all for myself. And the scripture is real clear. Your life will never be what you really want it to be unless you receive and you become a giver and live a lifestyle of generosity. Proverbs 11 says this in the message, or excuse me, in the passion. It says generosity produces prosperity. Prosperity just simply means more than enough. But withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And those who pour out his life to pour out his blessings will be saturated with favor. 
I love what it says in the Message Bible. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. The question you have to answer for yourself is my world getting larger and larger or is my world getting smaller and smaller? Am I feeling the constant pinch of rising prices and inflation that is happening right now? Gas will be more expensive probably in 10 years. Houses and rent will probably be more expensive in 10 years. And so my expenses are going to increase. Maybe my salary increases. Maybe it doesn't to that extent. But can I tell you something? The generous person, regardless of what it looks on the outside, their field as they sow will continually produce and get larger and larger and larger. Can you say amen, everybody? Amen. Lastly, let me just throw one more thing to you. I really believe this is that generosity is a lifestyle style choice, not a momentary choice. It's a lifestyle choice. I choose to be generous. I just choose it. it, it God's in me. He's my father. He's in me. And so, so, so since he's in me and, he, and he's open hand and he's generous with me, I'm going to see him work in my life and I'm going to train my mind. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to see him do something in me and I'm going to position myself and I'm going to work on budget. I'm going to lean, I'm 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 lean on him with, with what I need to be doing with the income that he's given to me. And, and, and yet I, I'm not going to do something once. It's going to be a lifestyle. And if you have that lifestyle, can I tell you something? You're going to see God work in the style of life for you for the rest of your life. He will not be owed anything. You're going to see him show up time and time again. And you're going to be glad that you trusted him with your tithes and your offerings and with just a life and a lifestyle of generosity. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, say amen a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, yeah.